to another episode of Our Maryland's Politics and Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Leatherberry. 2020 is here, and you know what that means. It's time to get out the vote. Though we have over 300 days until the 2020 election, the efforts to register and turn out voters, especially young voters, is in full swing. Joining us today to talk about voter engagement among young adults in Maryland is Sam Novi of Baltimore Votes and Rishi Shah of Maryland Perg. Joining us today for the Politics and Policy podcast is Sam Novi, co-founder of Baltimore Votes, and Rishi Shah, Democracy Fellow at Maryland Perg. Welcome and thanks for speaking with me today. We're going to cover voter engagement. I know you guys have an upcoming effort. Could you could you just break that down and explain to us how you're going to be getting involved in voter engagement? Sure. One thing that we're uh, aiming for is to increase the level of young voter participation and student voter participation. Students and young people vote at much lower rates than the rest of the population. In 2018, only 31% of people under the age of 29 that were eligible to vote voted, compared to 47.5% for older people. And when you know certain demographics aren't participating in our democracy, our population isn't engaged in our civic society, that's a problem for our democracy, because it means not everybody is being represented. So one thing we're trying to do is push for the Student Voter Empowerment Act, which would increase voter registration efforts uh, on campuses and also make it easier for college students to access polling sites by manning that polling sites are within half a mile of a college campus. We know that there's a national trend, of course, of young people not really voting, especially outside of presidential elections. So the Student Voter Empowerment Act, it will basically make it easier for folks to register, or, or what sort of things would that include? Sure. Uh, there's a few things that the act includes. The first is to ensure that universities have a plan and a full-time staffer to increase voter registration and voting efforts on campuses. And these plans would include things like a website. The website would include a URL link that has a voter registration site, so it's easier for students to register to vote via that URL. Because the problem for a lot of college students is they're moving either from a different city, a different state. So there's a lot of confusion about how absentee ballots work, about whether they can change their voter registration. So uh, the website would help streamline some of those confusions. Another thing the act would do uh, is make it easier for students to actually get to polling sites. Uh, So it mandates that uh, there has to be some kind of voting precinct within half a mile of a college campus. So, you know, the act does do a lot of good things to ensure that students increase, uh, students are more likely to register to vote, uh, and students are more likely to have access to polling stations. But, you know, it's only part of the full package we need. We still need efforts to get out the vote, and there are sorts of efforts in addition to the Student Voter Empowerment Act in order to truly increase student voter participation. You know, you would think that with the goal of turning out more voters, you would get support. I'm curious as to how you all plan on engaging policy leaders around this issue and and if they believe it's something that is important. Yeah, so one thing I want to talk about is just the, the incredible leadership coming from campuses across the state of Maryland on this issue. So right here in Baltimore, we've got some of the top uh, voter engagement efforts in higher education across the country um, happening. That There are... 
um, you know, there's increasing awareness in the sector, not just in Maryland, but across the country, that the experience of voting in an election is an educational experience that every single student should have while they're in college, and that's an outcome that our higher education institutions need to be managing toward. And so right here at University of Baltimore, they were just recognized by the All-on-Campus Democracy Challenge for having one of the highest voting rates in the entire country. At Maryland Institute College of Art, 95% uh, of students were registered to vote in 2018. That means that there's about 50 unregistered students left. So, you know, we see that when, uh, when campuses really do step up and make this a uh, educational uh, priority, um, they can achieve extraordinary outcomes that are above and beyond anything that's that's being impacted. So there, there are a number of institutions across the state. Those are just two, but many, Frostburg State, Salisbury, um, Towson, UMBC, University of Maryland College Park, and the Big Ten Voting Challenge. A lot of these campuses have already um, taken proactive steps that are um, you know, above and beyond the, the standards in, um, uh, in this bill. And so we're really going to work with uh, the campuses to make sure this is rolled out in a way that's supportive of those uh, local leaders um, in the community. Just curious, what what sort of groups do you work with? So there's incredible campus vote coalitions on a, on a lot of these campuses. I know Rishi was involved with a great group at Hopkins um, that, that did a lot of this. Uh, there's a great group called Terps Vote at University of Maryland, um, the Political Engagement Club at, uh, at MICA here. So many colleges have a group like that, and those groups engage folks across campus, and not just political clubs, but you know some of the best practices we're seeing on campuses um, are, are related to really engaging uh, the students that are voting at the lowest rate. So particularly, um, we see um, in the data that students engaged in STEM fields are voting at low rates. So we've got a lot of campuses really making sure to reach out to those um, the, those departments or to those disciplinary associations. Um, you know, a lot of challenges, particularly with uh, Asian American students, with uh, Latinx students. Um, uh, and so making sure that our, our campus vote coalitions don't just include that political diversity, but also include um, that uh, diversity around the field of study and um, uh, racial and ethnic uh, background is going to be included. That's going to be uh, critical to having a truly inclusive uh, voter engagement program. And just from Maryland Terps perspective, we have a chapter at the University of Maryland campus, and we do try to make an effort to reach out to all sorts of students, you know, especially students that maybe typically aren't interested in, aren't studying political science, students that aren't studying those sorts of issues academically but are still interested in engaging in civic society, engaging in our democracy. Uh, and just in 2018, the Mary Perg chapter at the University of Maryland registered over 2,800 students to vote. So, uh, you know, those sorts of broad, uh, diverse coalitions, uh, like we were talking about previously, are really what we need in order to register students to vote. Yeah, and I, I, I know, Sam, you touched briefly on some of the data regarding which students vote and which don't. Um, and as you said, it could be a challenge to get perhaps folks from STEM to vote. Um, what, what other sort of challenges do you see in terms of registering folks to vote on, on college campuses? Yeah, I mean, there's both, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the logistical barriers to voter participation and then the psychological barriers. So logistical barriers are stuff that, you know, Rishi was raising earlier around, um, you know, do, do students have the information and materials that they need? Do they have the appropriate registration form? Do they uh, understand how to fill it out? Do they know where their polling place is? Is that polling place accessible to them? Um, you know, different issues like that. And those are um, absolutely critical to, to address um, and, um, uh, you know, and the state needs to be making every effort to do that, not just for students, but for every citizen. Um, but I think the other thing that this bill starts to address, which I'm really excited about, is some of the psychological barriers we see with students. So a lot of students 
as we should mention, are, are new to the voting process, right? This is their first time voting. Um, and they've got a lot of sort of questions about their identity that they need to figure out. You know, am I um, the type of person who votes or not? Or not? You know, is, is voting just for those uh, political science majors or is it for, for me? You know, um, am I a person who lives in this place or not? You know, a lot, a lot of uh, students are kind of in a transitional point in their, um, in their sort of place-based identity. How do we make them feel uh, welcome enough in at least one place so that they can, um, so that they can vote there? Um, you know, so those types of identity issues are really, um, are really critical, and, and I think those are actually the most, um, the most those, those are those are as important, if not more important, than the logistical barriers. And so, the role of these campus vote coordinators and these campus plans in creating a culture where, when students look at this process, they say, you know what, um, you know, even if I, I don't feel like the most, you know wonky political person or even if I haven't lived here for that long I still look at this process I still look at elections and I see myself right and um, and so the the fact that this bill gets beyond you know it, it addresses the logistical issues like getting the registration links on the right, right website and, and getting the polling places on a campus but it but it gets to them in a way that's uh, part of a larger vision for an inclusive democracy that's that's you know that will start on the campuses but but can also reach our entire community here man that's really exciting something we want to be a part of. I know you all are working towards registering as many people as possible. What does an active sort of citizenry look like in Maryland? What's your dream? What would you like to accomplish? I mean, ideally, we want, you know, as many people registered to vote as possible. We want as many people, you know, not just registered to vote, but actually showing up to elections. And we want people, you know, part of the beauty of democracy is that you have a choice whether to vote or not. But what we really want to do is just create a culture where we don't have, like, the psychological barriers that Sam was talking about. And, you know, the majority of people are invested in democracy, invested in what's going on around them and uh, care enough and to be able to get out a vote. And not only are those psychological and societal barriers gone, but there also aren't the logistical concerns. So um, kind of approaching both of the problems that Sam talked about uh, and just kind of seeing society as a place where, you know, uh, the vast majority of people are registered to vote and the vast majority of people and young people are actually voting. Creating that culture certainly isn't easy, but it is necessary. Um, speaking of culture, we're currently in a political climate and culture that is super partisan. There you want? Can you guys just touch on why nonpartisan voter engagement? Why that's so important? You know, so first off, you know, one thing we see across the country is that these types of programs are appreciated by students of all political backgrounds. And some of the best uh, practices from around the country are coming from places like. Brigham Young, or places like uh, the Citadel, uh, Virginia Military Institute, folks that places that um, that are, you know are known for serving um, conservative students, and, and we learn from them just like we learn from some of the universities, uh, uh, serve, you know, serving more um, politically liberal populations. You know, I think one of the um, the really important things happening in our country right now is that we've got a choice about being the kind of country that leaves people out or the kind of country that doesn't, um, and what we're seeing in place after place after place, both liberal places and conservative places, that there's a lot of people who don't want to be the kind of community that leaves people out. Elections and the census and, and certain you know types of processes like this are real tests. They're tests of our own identity as a country. They're tests about our identity as um, communities. Um, and a lot of places are stepping up and saying, we want to pass that test. And, um, and it's really inspiring to see 
uh, folks of many, you know, very diverse uh, backgrounds that are coming together around that, um, around that, that cause. So, Sam, I know you've been working in voter engagement for a while um, with Baltimore Votes. Do you have any Baltimore Votes updates? Baltimore Votes updates. Oh my God, Baltimore <laughs> Votes is always making moves. Um, so, uh, first off, shout out to the incredible Baltimore Votes Advisory Board, um, the No Boundaries Coalition, Black Girls Vote, uh, League Women Voters, Baltimore City, um, Roots and Raices. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving. Uh, now that I started naming everyone, I'm sure I'm going to leave someone out. Sh shout out to all the incredible Baltimore Votes partners. Um, uh, so the High School uh, Voter Engagement Awards are coming out. Uh, Nikidra Robinson of Black Girls Vote is going to be presenting those uh, to schools in early January. We're really excited about uh, recognizing some of the incredible leaders in our schools. And then uh, second thing is that uh, uh, Party of the Polls campaign for 2020. So in, in 2018, for those who don't know, in 2018, uh, Elections in Baltimore were such a hot thing that one in four uh, polling places had like a black party at the polls, and we invited uh, the whole community in, and it was a huge, incredible mobilization, and um, and it helped really make the polling place feel welcoming to all Baltimoreans. Because we, you know, just like we we're talking about in colleges, we don't want any Baltimorean to look at elections and say, you know, these aren't for me. So. We're trying to bring that program back bigger and better for 2020. Last year, in 2018, we didn't really do parties for the primary. This year, we are getting uh, getting moving for the primary. So, Corinthia Barber uh, from Baltimore City Chapter of the Links is our credible party at the polls chair. And we have begun accepting uh, applications from uh, local leaders across Baltimore to host those parties. And uh, hopefully, we'll be getting some subgrants out there and, um, and some trainings and, and such out there so that uh, leaders and, and communities all across Baltimore can have, uh, you know, even better parties this year with better DJs, better music, better invitations, better food, <laughs> more face painting, all sorts of wildness uh, that makes uh, that makes elections awesome in Baltimore City. That's going to be just turned up uh, to the next level in, uh, in 2020. How would people get involved with this effort? How would they help you all with the Student Voter Empowerment Act? Right. So... We're, working, we're reaching out to partners across the state and coming together in the Maryland Votes Coalition. So, you know, we need to work together on a lot of these democracy issues. Like uh, Sam and I have both mentioned before, it doesn't just stop with this one bill. It's about creating an environment of democracy and of civic engagement. So having uh, partners throughout the state, uh, you know, local community leaders that are interested in getting out the vote, uh, college students and just anybody that's interested in getting all these people together uh, and working together towards this goal is how we're going to make democratic change in our society. Thanks so much for joining me today, Sam and yeah. Rishi. Um, we really appreciate your, appreciate your efforts in Maryland to get people to engage in this democracy. So good luck in 2020. Hopefully we can get some folks to, to join in as well. That was Sam Novi of Baltimore Votes and Rishi Shah of Maryland Perg. To keep up with Sam and Rishi's voter engagement efforts this year, visit baltimorevotes.org and marylandpirg.org. As always, thanks for listening to the Our Maryland Politics and Policy Podcast. See you next time. <music>